This episode 180. The Ultimate Deck Podcast. Need a show about outdoor living? This is where it's at with your host, Shane Chapman and Way Lorette. Thank you for tuning in. Now let the show begin. Yeah, the Ultimate Deck Podcast. Let's go. Good day, my orange little friend. Hello. How are you? I'm great. Big shit-eating grin on your face Couldn't today. Be hey? Do you have a celebration horn that you can push on that thing, Bryce? Uh, just wait. Uh, you, nope. He was not ready That's for that. That's not that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one. Uh, probably not discussed before, but Wade's a big Oilers fan, so last night was uh, <laughs> One step closer him. to the Stanley Cup. Good for him. Yep. And uh, our general manager How long here has Regina. it been? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> the last time they were in the Western Conference final, I think, was 04. So that's 18 years ago. 18 years ago. It's a little boot of time. But I remember it. The goalie was 40 years old then. It was uh, Rolston. Holy smokes. And okay. that was like Ryan Smith was playing and Pronger was there. It was, yeah, it was, anyways. Good time. Uh, our general manager at the Regina store here, Frazier, is a like a uh, huge Flames fan. I think the Chicago word fan. is obnoxious. Yeah, it's, yeah, annoyingly so. Yeah, and so it was kind of fun because you and him had a bit of a bet. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have a dog in this fight, but I decided to choose one before the series started. I was like, "Well, I'm going to cheer for the Oilers." I chose right. You I chose guess. right. Yeah. And uh, but That's yeah, all you guys the Flames had a bet, fan so. are now. All my friends that are Flames fans are all like, "Yeah, well, I'm actually an Avs fan now." They've all <laughs> yeah. changed. Yeah, of course. So. But you had uh, Frazier wearing your Oilers jersey this morning yes. at work because that was, really was the good. bet. Yep. So that was good. Don't and worry. We got a picture of it. So He said it felt really great. <laughs> he said it felt to great. To have a winning shirt on. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> he said he didn't get a rash at all. Yeah. Yeah. So that was uh, the excitement of last night. Um, how, what do you, like, how far do you think they're going to go? Realistically. I think it depends on who comes out of the other series. Okay. I think if Colorado comes out, I believe that they won't be able to get past Colorado, but if St. Louis makes it, I think they got a shot. So if they're playing against Colorado, it's going to be really hard, (laughs) like really hard. Colorado is unreal. Colorado is your favorite for the cup? I don't know. Tampa Bay looks pretty strong. Okay. Tampa Bay is coming out of the east. You heard it here champions. first. Uh, Oilers will fizzle out at some point. <laughs> I just just like Wade's answer. I don't. <laughs> I don't know how they. I don't know how they could win. Like I don't know if St. Louis goes and it's it's Edmonton versus Tampa Bay. Then Edmonton's got a shot at that. But okay, Tampa Bay is so strong. They're the champions two years in a row. Yeah. So it's like they're the best team until somebody beats them. That's right. Time will tell. Uh, let's talk about the other elephant in the room. <clears throat> We didn't have a podcast last week because <gasps> somebody had a baby. Not me. Not me. My wife. Blame her. <laughs> uh, yeah. Finally showed up. So <clears throat> this is my wife's third child. Fourth. My wife's third from, child. <laughs> yeah. Fourth for me because I do have one from a That's previous true. marriage. Yep. I've always got to clarify this because in the hospital, it's always like, how many pregnancies have you had? And so she's like, well, this is three. And so they're, they're always like, oh my goodness, three boys, that's so crazy. And it's like, it's four. It's, just, it's actually four boys. <laughs> <clears throat> I brought <laughs> I brought one to the party. Yep. <laughs> and um, yeah, so the first two that she had were both a uh, day or two early from her uh, due date. And so we were fully expecting early on this one too, at least a day or two, if not three or four days. And then he ended up being four days late. 
So I took last week off work thinking I'd be in full baby daddy uh, mode last week. And then uh, didn't even happen until my days are all messed up. Like the end of the week. Like it was like Thursday, Friday, or, wasn't it? Thursday Friday or, or whatever the 19th was. Yep. Finally came. So yeah, now we have another baby at home. So uh, yeah, it's busy. Well, congratulations. Well, thank you. Exciting times. It is exciting times. It's different, I'll tell you. Like all my routines, the, the couple routines I actually had in my life are already like shot to piss. <laughs> like it's just like <laughs> everything in my household is just different now. It's just like, oh, it's just starting over again. But I mean, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. <laughs> so, it's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, in other sports news, the CFL is going to happen this at, year. Are we doing it? Are we a sports podcast? Apparently, now? we're yeah. a sports podcast. Yeah. Well, we, had, and, we talked about the Oilers. Sports and fatherhood podcast. <laughs> they they were the players were striking last week, and yep. then they came to it. They the CFLPA approved the offer that the league put forward. They took it to the members, and then they voted no. So <laughs> it was like the CFLPA approved it, the player reps approved it, the players voted it down. So back to like potential season loss, but they did end up. Uh, Settling that yesterday. Oh, they did settle So, it. CFL season is okay. back. It's going to happen. All 18 games. Yeah, because wasn't the messaging like, yeah, this is kind of it. Here's your, this is the offer. Yeah, the league was like, uh, cute. Okay, here's one more offer. And take if it you or vote it, it if down. If you don't accept it, we don't like, have a league. No problem. We just won't play this year. Yeah. So, no yeah. problem. Anyways, no problem. They made it back to the table. They came up with a deal. And now they're going to play some football. Starting today, actually, preseason. Two games today. Oh, really? So there you go. That's the news. Who's playing for sports? I don't even know. Oh. I believe the actual the Riders and Bombers are playing today, I think. And then Seriously? I could be wrong in that. They were supposed to play earlier, but it got postponed because of the strike. Okay. And it got pushed to like today or something. And then I think like maybe the Red Blacks and the Argos or but something. But like today. in Winnipeg, probably. There's no mm. chance it's in town. Um, I don't know that. But yeah, probably not. Or else we'd we be, would have heard we something. We would be aware of that. Yeah. So probably not. Mm. But anyways, if you're not a follower of the CFL so far, uh, but you listen to this podcast... Congratulations. You are now a Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan. Yeah. Congratulations. Did you want to talk about any of the content rules? Like I saw a little blurb about how many snaps. No? No, it's confusing. Okay. That was what the whole pushback was. Was the So in the CFL, they've got a Canadian content, like a ratio, right? They're asking yeah. so many Canadian players on the roster and so many starting spots are reserved for Canadian players. Correct. Mm-hmm. And the league was trying to like get rid of that. Well, they were trying to reduce it because they were trying to bring up better product to the field. Right. They were just like, let the best player play. And the players union was like, no, that means our members lose jobs. Right. It's like, yeah, but your other members that get the jobs. Nobody actually. Yeah. So everybody gets the the good ones that come in. Then they'll be your new members. Right. Yeah. Not how the better players. That's not how they think. So there was a tweak to it. Uh, The league kind of got its way. They reduced. I don't know. It's confusing. But anyways, it's... Sounded like whatever team has the most Canadians playing during the season gets a bonus draft pick in the second round. That's part of it, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's not worth it. So there, (laughs) (laughs) the rule used to be you had to have... There was 21 Canadian... I think on a 45, 45, 48 uh, person roster, 21 spots for Canadians, seven starting spots had to be Canadians, right? Right. There's 12 guys in the field up here on or offense and defense. Uh, there it, so the number was seven. The league in its first offer was like, how about zero? <laughs> and the CFLPA was like, how about you? You, you go back. your hat. <laughs> and so that didn't start very well at all. Then the league was like, fine. 
but then they wanted to start naturalizing an American player. So if an American player has been with the same team for three years or in the league for five years, they can now be classified as a nationalized Canadian player, Canadian player, essentially. And they can consume one of those roster spots. That's not bad. So that's what they were pitching. Uh, It went back and forth. What they ended up settling on, I believe was, I don't even remember (laughs) what they, I think settling on is still seven Canadian spots plus one nationalized American spot. Plus starting next year, two of those Canadian spots, you can rotate in an American player up to 49% of the snaps. Wow, that's, that's why it gets confusing. Super confusing. Who, like somebody's tracking who that? that. Right. And then if the team violates that, they get fined afterwards. They review it at the end of the, like the teams have, oh, to, have to, have to like do the math in this. But you if they what? violate it, you get a, the team gets fined later. You know what that means for the riders? We're getting fined. One more person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One more person yeah. in the press box, keeping track of how many snaps. Each yeah. Player gets. And then you're right to encourage, to encourage you to like do stick it. with full blood Canadians, hundred percent of the snaps. The two teams that play the most amount of snaps with full Canadian rosters earn two extra picks in the second round of the CFL draft, which I saw somebody say is the equivalent of throwing in a bag of pucks. (laughs) (laughs) So I think... Thanks, guys. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. So I'm a huge fan of the bonus system, right? The bonus structure. As opposed to like forcing someone to do something. So it's like, if you want to, rather than saying everybody has to play with Canadians, it's like, if you choose to play with Canadians, here's how we'll reward you. Mm. You get mm-hmm. this. Yes. Right? That's, it's like, I think that's a exactly. great setup. Rather than saying like, you have to have you this have many to. Canadians. It's like, well, that, that sucks. But it's like, if you are able to develop Canadians through the program and then you play more with them, we'll reward that. I, that's what we want. My solution to it was, yes, get rid of the ratio completely. So that the best available players can play. However, have some sort of incentive for Canadian players. For example, 15% of their contract doesn't apply against the cap. So that when you have wide receiver Canadian guy, wide receiver American guy, equally talented, you'll choose the Canadian guy because it's a less of a cap hit. Mm -hmm. Give them some sort of incentive where if all things are equal, the Canadian wins the job. That should be good enough, in my opinion. Yep. What we don't want to have is Canadian guy wins the job because... We have to fill a ratio spot, even though the other guy was probably a little bit better of a player. That's the scenario you don't want. Right. And I think for the most part, when you're talking about the, you know, the top five that are starting, probably not a big deal. Like there's some really like Canadian football players, at, like they're better now than they used to be, right? Like, lead, like the best rusher in the league last year, Andrew Harris is Canadian. There's a lot of really, really, really good 100%. Canadian players. Yeah. The issue isn't the first few guys that are earning starter spots. It's the seventh guy who has to be there. And what if he gets injured? And he has to be backed up by another Canadian who is like, mm. who's the 11th best. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. That's where it starts to yeah. affect the product. And that's why the league was like, let's get rid of this and uh, just not going to happen with the CFLP. So anyways, uh, USMC says English Premier League used to do something similar. Yeah, it's through this whole discussion, it was brought up that like literally just what every league in the world outside of the three major US leagues, NBA, NFL, MLB, and NHL, don't have for don't have ratio homegrown talent rules. Those don't the major ones, yep. but pretty much everything else does. MLS, European like soccer leagues all do. Like every Japanese baseball does. Yeah, everywhere else has these things. It's not weird. It's just that the main ones that we're familiar with in the states don't have those roster rules. Right, because they're probably mostly American anyway. Maybe it's an imperial right. measuring system as opposed to a metric measuring system. 
maybe, maybe right. that's the metrics better. So that's what we should have done with the Canadian ratio. Uh, did it in U.S. dollars, so that seven <laughs> became four starting guys, and then that would have been better. Anyway, we've twenty five percent has to be English and three starters says USMC. Twenty five percent of the roster has to be English. There you go. So there you go. Uh, Bryce, are you ready to hit the button on this thing? Get this podcast rolling. Let's do it. Do it. All right. So today we, uh, I've got baby brains. So I was like, not really wanting to put too much thought into what we were talking about today. So I said, Bryce, uh, give it to us. Yeah. Pretty so. good because I have zero. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. You guys are Adia. right on top yeah. of this. He's got, uh, Won the series last night, brain, and I've got baby brain. So a couple of us are suffering. This should be interesting. Uh, what we're going to talk about today is the top questions. Would you come up with five, ten, seventeen, four One, and a half, three, four, five, six, seven, about ten, about ten, the top about ten, uh, about ten questions that customers ask about the about the deck world. So you we've ready? not seen these. You're just going to fire them. And we're going to talk about them. The frequently asked deck questions. What do, you, what do you think the most asked question is oh good one does it get hot does it get hot boy oh boy i feel like that's up there yep yep that was definitely the most asked question on all of the research that i had done and that's why it's it's on a big billboard so the first question today is does composite get hot wade would you like to roll with that one yes yep next question (laughs) yeah (laughs) i could have answered that one with the button (laughs) the the problem is Everybody knows it gets hot. They just want you to answer that differently. Yeah, yeah, they do. They come in here and they're like, so my friend has a deck and he says it gets really hot. So it's like, does it get really hot? Yeah. Yeah, it gets hot. <laughs> like, the yeah. context behind this is like, yes, it gets hot because things that sit under hot sun get hot. That includes you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your pets, sidewalks, beach sand, roadways, car dashboards. Like if it's baking in the sun yeah. and it's really hot out, it's going to be hot. There's also like ice until it goes away is the only thing that stays cold in the sun. And mm-hmm. you've got very limited amount of time before that yep. changes. That's and like, then it's not ice. Then That's like not beer ice. in my hand. Right. <laughs> it has a very limited amount of time. You just drink it all. And then it's an empty can. <laughs> it's pretty funny. So we've done a lot of testing over the years because we're always curious too. And the reason behind that usually is because there are products out there that claim to be not as hot. Um, Moisture Shield claims to have cool deck technology that keeps it not as hot. Clubhouse used to have cool pigment technology, which claimed it didn't get as hot. Um, what was the other one I was just trying to think of? Trex. Uh, Azac, just claim, new one. Azac claims it's 15% less hot. Uh, Trex's yeah. new boards they just came out with in the Northeast US, not available here, claim less hot. Yeah. Um, but the, the thing is. Yeah, I was going to say the common comparison between all of the cool deck things is that they're all white colors, like light. Right. And so here's why we started doing our own testing because you can't believe marketing buzzwords sometimes often. And so we, we got personally burned by this. (laughs) Appreciate the pun there boys. But we, when we, you're going to have to work a little harder for me. (laughs) When we, uh, you didn't laugh at my jokes earlier off camera. (laughs) Yeah. You're stone inside. He's got a, he's got a baby that laughs at everything he says now. So, Well, not that that's one. Not, <laughs> yeah. That's not true. He just, two-year-old probably two-year-old does. Would, no. yeah. He just stares into nothingness, sleeps 95% of the time, and stares at nothing. Uh, yeah. It's a textured Zealand, bud. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this won't be the first one you'll see. The reason we kind of got 
into wanting to test it ourselves was because back when we opened the store, we had a few brands that we brought in, Clubhouse being one of them, which we had discovered this down at one of the shows and thought, this is a really great product. This is like great traction, great scratch resistance. Super durable. Cool pigment technology says it stays cooler. This is awesome. Uh, brought it in, told people, yeah, it's got cool pigment technology so it doesn't get as hot as the other stuff. Installed it, hot. It was, it was hot. <laughs> it's hot. AF. Like, it was absolutely not any less hot than other brands. And so we're like, what the hell? Like, what the hell is this cool pigment? Th- you lied th- to me. And then we wanted to, to qualify that with numbers. So we started doing our own testing. We took all the brands out, and we'd shoot them with the cinnamon sun, shoot them with the... Heat gun? Heat gun. And record temperatures, temperatures ourselves and found out that, yeah, it's not... It isn't any less hot. How do they claim that? And it's like, well, I guess they could complain, could con, uh, claim that if their previous boards without cool pigment technology were hotter... <laughs> but that, but that's like a relative thing, and it's that's yep. not how, what people think when they hear cool pigment. So we're like, you know what? Enough. So then, moisture shield came. So out we with stopped cool telling people that, right? We're like, they all get hot. Yeah, they get hot. Yeah. Moisture shield came out with cool deck technology. I remember the first time seeing it, it was under a heat lamp at a trade show down in the states. Again, they had like Azac and Trex and moisture shield with cool deck under a heat lamp. I felt them. Was like, oh my goodness, yeah, it's it's significantly it's cooler, way less hot on it, my hand when I touch a heat lamp. Uh, that's really awesome because that's a unknown issue. We went and tested them again the next time we did tests, and like they weren't really any less hot. But we used a different sun. He, we used a different heat source. Right, the sun, the one that your deck will be under. Right, mm-hmm. not the heat lamp that they use in a trade show. Yep, right. which I don't know, but something about that ambient heat seems to, to me, it seemed to perform differently under sunlight versus radiant heat lamp. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now it did. The colors of them did, the lightest one did score really well in our test. Yes, it, it was did. one of the coolest ones, if not yes. the coolest or tied for the coolest. It but was the coolest. I think it's 95% because of the color of the board was really light because it was comparable to other boards that were light in color that yeah. didn't have cool deck technology. Yeah. Like Fibron Cottage, light gray was also down around that temperature. And it's like, well, that one's... It's just gray. It's just light gray. This one's like a light, taupey mm-hmm. color, yellowy color. Yep. Like, of course it's going to be less hot. But so the... The most important part of all of this is that the temperature of the board was still too hot to walk on with your bare feet. Yep. It right. was just cooler than the other ones relative. So these ones were so hot, your feet blistered in, in five seconds and your feet blistered <laughs> yeah. in three seconds on this one. Exactly. Like it's still screaming hot. Yeah. It's still super hot. And the only other one that was down there was the TimberTech whitewash cedar, which is white. So again, yeah. not a shocker yeah. <laughs> that the whiteboard was less hot than the other ones. So yes, what we just... Discover, and we've since done that test a few times now. Like, and we're doing it again this year. We're doing it again this are year. Are we? And so, wow. we got new camera Kyler gear. Kyler and I are. we got new camera gear. Let's do that. I do believe that the Moisture Cool Deck makes a little bit of a difference. But their claim is, I think it's 35% cooler, I think is what they say, than yep. other comparable colors, whatever. I We didn't find not personally that, seen that. But so, we've got about 15%, 15% And the darker yeah. color... Of cool deck moisture shield was in the middle of all the other ones, but yeah, were also a little hot. bit darker. Like it, there, to us, there wasn't a noticeable difference. It was no dark slate. That was yes. So <laughs> what we say is, yeah. if you're that concerned about the heat on the deck board, choose a lighter color. That's the only thing you can really do to yep. to. But understand that when it's 35 or 40 degrees above 120 Fahrenheit, it's she hot. They're all going to be hot. Yep. <laughs> right. So it's all hot. Uh, and. The other thing too is we we tested wood at these same times, hardwoods, softwoods, treated cedar, all this different stuff. Wood also gets hot. Wood gets hot. Yes, it was at the bottom where the the lowest composites were as well. But if it's 40 above again, a wood deck is also hot. 
mm-hmm. if you oil it or paint it hotter, it's going to get hotter. So put flip-flops on. <laughs> like, yeah. If it's really hot out, put flip-flops on. Yeah. Heat dissipation, another thing. PVCs will dissipate heat much faster Way than composites. Whole new ball game. Shadow rolls in, cloud rolls in, water goes on the deck. You can Those cool on off it. right away. Yeah. yeah. Composites, they're dense, they hold heat, they radiate heat longer. Mm. But that's not what people are wondering when they're saying, does it get hot in next sunlight? Question. Does it get hot? Next question. There's a question here before we get on to the next thing here. Um, can you install deck? This is from Instagram. Can you install decking over plywood on a second story porch? No awning if you waterproof. Uh, what? <laughs> As written, no, that's not a good idea. But if you're no waterproofing, well, if you waterproof. So if you like, can you install decking over yes. plywood on a second story porch? No awning if you waterproof. So yeah, as long as you waterproof that plywood and create a pitch for the water to drain off, yep. then you could sleeper on top of it and put decking the down. decking off of. Yeah, sure. Yep. But you could also just use a system like Trex Rain Escape and skip the plywood and the waterproofing the plywood. Just do Trex Unless, Rain of course, they have, like if somebody has built the stack and it's already plywood. Yeah, exactly. Then you could do an EPDM membrane or even like a or, vinyl sheet or something. Or take a skill saw. <laughs> or cut <laughs> out the joist base. Cut the sure. joist base out. Yeah. Okay. So, yes, ish. You ready? Yeah, we're ready. You got any more Instagram questions? No. Okay. Um, Can you... Paint composite. No. I didn't even believe this, is that a this top was a question? question. Yeah. This was a top question. Yes. Most Googled composite question. Yes, you can. But only the ends. Why would cut. you? Well, you can cut the, like where the end is cut, you can paint that. But that's <laughs> it. Not the surface of the board. You can't paint the surface of the board? It'll just flake off. Oh. Like you can paint anything. I suppose the answer is yes, but it's like, do you why? Want it to stick? why? <laughs> What's the point? Are you so, interested in having the paint stay on the board? My right. guess is the source of this question comes from people that have old generation composites that looks like crap now because Certainly. the sun has faded and it's all stained and it's kind there of flaked go. a bit and they're wanting to spruce it up. Could I paint it? Sure. But it's not going to... You could paint it. Yeah. So it we've had... here for a, um, an amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> I've had people ask me if they can oil that. Yes. Right? And they're like, can we just take the... Like Q-Tech and oil it? Why? Not an approved application. However, I've seen products out there that are composite deck oil. Like there's products specifically for that. This is old generation stuff. It'll work. Like there's no reason it wouldn't. It absolutely would work. So if your deck is old and faded and not looking so sharp, you could put oil on it and it it would absolutely make that board darker again. Oh man, I just feel like it'd be so greasy. Like it just wouldn't absorb the way wood. It does not absorb oil. the same as wood does. Yeah, I don't know. It would. It would probably pool a bit more. I know presumably. that when you spill grease on it from the barbecue, <laughs> like, right? Like I know that when you spill oh, yeah, grease I from guess. the barbecue, it lands on there, and then the board is brighter and it soaks in right away. Doesn't clean off. That's Stains what up. people want sometimes. Is like if I oil the whole thing, will the grease spots be less noticeable? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> I would Just throw I, throw like, four liter of canola all over your deck. Yeah, or a Q-Tech. But, yeah. Like, but yeah, I don't know that I would encourage somebody to do that. Now, if your composite deck that you have right now is a capped composite, has a cap stock layer on it that has you know like a fade and stain warranty and everything else, there should be absolutely zero reason no. to paint it. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't do that. It also won't adhere nearly as well because of that shiny 
not shiny, but like that pure plastic surface. It's yep. just not going to hear as well as it would with the, on the end cuts, like you said. Yep. Core Did, of the board, it'll Didn't see. we get some samples the other day of composites that you are supposed to paint? Uh, well, we got, yeah, that stuff's weird. Is like, it weird? I'm just, I'm just curious about it. It's is it wood or it was, is it, it something else? It was else? kind of a composite hardwood imitation thing that, yeah, you're supposed to oil it. Which I don't is remember like the bamboo stuff, right? It's like a wood composite that you can oil. Yeah, I mean, the whole point of a composite deck is so you don't have to do this shit. It's maintenance-free. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So sure, you probably can, but Should you shouldn't you? have to anyway. Probably not. Uh, is composite cheaper than wood? Uh, no. That's the third question. After four years, yes. Yeah, I, like, there's asterisks to all these. Uh, over, a matter, over a time period, eventually, the cost of maintaining the wood deck is going to exceed what you spent on the composite up front. Over the lifetime of the deck, I would think that composite is less expensive than, yeah. a, than doing one in wood in the exact same shape. Because mm. your composite deck will last 30 years. 50 years, yeah, depending what you build. Depends, on the, years, goes, depending right? what you depends build how the frame goes. Depends on the frame goes. Yeah. The frame will fail first, probably. Yeah. Unless you do steel frame or you tape your joists or something to help with that. Yep. But the deck, like, so let's say your composite deck makes it 30 years. Let's say that on the, on the low end, you've taped your joists or used steel and your warranty board is 30 years. 30 years. should last longer than that anyways, but let's say it doesn't. Yeah. You're going to replace your wood deck probably three times in that same Time span. So if the composite deck cost you eight grand today, the wood deck would have cost you five, but the wood deck gets replaced twice again before the end of the life of the composite deck mm -hmm. and not costing $5,000 anymore because nope. in 10 years from now, it's it's $8,000. And the maintenance on it. And the maintenance on it. And then 10 more years after that is $12,000 worth of wood deck and maintenance on that. It's like at the end of 30 years, you spent eight up front on the composite or what are we even at? 40 grand on the wood deck? <laughs> yeah. 30 years? So... Long-term, yeah, it's cheaper. Today, when you buy it, no, it's not Your cheaper. initial purchase price is not. Yeah. And that's assuming we're talking about pressure-treated, like, cheap of the cheap wood, which is right. where that question would be coming from. Yeah, but if yep, you use sure. cedar, well, that's probably comparable to an entry-level composite. If you're talking hardwoods, now we're now we're the same or more. Now you're mid-range. Yep. So um, we got a couple questions here uh, that we'll go after here as well. USMC, what go you ahead. can do versus what you should do. That's in response to the paint question. Oh yeah. yeah. What can you? Yeah. Should you? No. Um, quickly Dex in response to the plywood decking question says to install decking on a second floor will probably require approval by an architect from the building inspector. So don't talk to those guys. There you go. Don't talk to the building. <laughs> don't talk to building inspectors. Uh, roasted right says who owns a home for 30 years. Average home, home ownership is 10. Yep. But presumably somebody buys it after that. F so, that guy though, right? <laughs> 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 Your problem now. <laughs> I built this deck of straw. Enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> next question. Okay, next question. I had this question yesterday when I was, or two days ago when I was in the showroom. Is composite slippery? This has some good answers. Some are and some aren't. Yeah. <laughs> depends. The reason, <laughs> the reason, yes, they all depend. The reason this question gets asked is because somebody knows somebody who says their deck is really slippery. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you're talking about somebody who's gone with 
uh, for we always talk about fiber. On <laughs> I was like, Ooh, you better name drop it or I'm going to. Yeah. The guy walked in today with a sample. And I was like, yeah. that doesn't exist anymore. So fiber on horizon line, like that whole Concordia line, yeah, is very slippery. And when it gets wet, it's, yeah, it's very slippery. That protect uh, advantage line too, right? They've got... That's gone now, but yeah. Or armadillo that what, that decking. That guy had. He had a... Super slippery. Chestnut brown. He walked in and was like, I have this and I'm trying to match it. And I was like, lucky yeah. for you, that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. So. so yeah, they absolutely can be very slippery. However, if you're talking about the king of the crop, cream of the crop, yeah. king of the thing. Jungle? Cream. King. Cream rises to the top. Right. That's cream where decorators voyages. Cream of the crop. Cream of the crop. <laughs> so decorators voyage. What is, did you mess up the other day? You texted me. Oh man, all sorts of. Oh, uh, uh, no, I don't remember. But it was like, but the, <laughs> but the word I I messed up gave the whole thing an entirely different meaning. Yeah. To the point that I read it was like, oh shit, I better clarify because he's probably going to think I'm being a dick here. Uh, you can look that up. I'll talk. The. <laughs> Decker's voyage, however, on the other hand, is has like astonishing traction. Like it's crazy oh, how yeah. much traction it is. When people walk into a store and they walk in that deck, they literally stop and be like, holy smokes, this one's super grippy. Mm-hmm. So no, it doesn't, not all composite is slippery. Some of them are slippery and some of them are not. Um, Decker's voyage is easily the best out there. You've also got products like the Decker's vault line is really, really good. Any PVC, like the Fibron, Paramount or Promenade oh, lines, very, very good. Um, Azac, pretty good. Uh, all the PVC lines are really good. Decorators, or sorry, Clubhouse, Clubhouse. very good. Yeah. Like there are some that are, that are quite good. Voyage is the king. And then there's some that are very, very slippery. This is literally on a 10 scale. It's on a there's scale. some that are ones and there's some that are tens. It's all over the place. Yeah. So if that's important to you, make sure you ask about that and test them out. Did you find it? Did you find it? Not yet. Okay. Can I move on to the next yeah, question? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Well, we have, yeah. I'll have a okay. comment here that we can go through. Go ahead. Uh, FBP Canuck says, Shane, you just gave a 100% perfect response. This is why I wanted to read this one. Uh, <laughs> Boost your ego a little? Is that why? <laughs> to using a steel frame versus PT frame deck with your deck in comparison. Commission check is in the mail. <laughs> yo, yo, I was here too. <laughs> <laughs> this is a group effort. <laughs> so yeah, his point is, that steel frame, they warranty it for 25 years. It'll last freaking 80. Like, yep. it'll last forever. So you'll replace your wood framing 10 times in the lifespan of that steel deck. Uh, and yes, the steel deck costs more, depending on the job. Could be three times more on the framing, just the framing, not just everything the framing, else. Yeah. Could be four times more, could be whatever. But you've made that up after, the again, the first two or three times you've had to replace your wood deck. You've made mm-hmm. that up. So... Um, what I have found He also is says that Apex is the best for slip. You and by the way, yeah, you don't want us to talk about Apex on here. <laughs> <laughs> what I have found is that you and I uh, talk a lot, we talk chat too much on too many platforms. Too yeah. much. Yeah. All good. Okay. Next question. This is a good one because I know uh, this will get Wade talking. Uh, how or whose fault is it if the deck fails? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it kind of kind of along those lines. Uh, how or when should I get a permit? Ooh, whenever you feel like you have too much money. <laughs> Zing. Do deck inspectors do anything? Yep. Is that a real question? No. How or when should you get a permit? The answer, the proper answer to that is when you're building something. Your local building department says you need one. That's when you should get a permit. Fair yeah, enough. like I'd be flying in the face of all the guys that are famous on TV, like Baumler and, and Holmes, and those guys are like, pull permits and blah, blah. So part of... 
part of pulling permits is that you are kind of like a reputable business. And so if you're hiring a contractor and the contractor refuses to pull a permit, something's up. That's a red flag that this guy is not going yep. to do it properly. Yep. Right? Or girl. Uh, but if you're a homeowner and you're going to build your own deck and you have uh, sought advice from somebody, good word, mm-hmm. or built the deck according to the specs that the city says they require for a permit, then they should be good. I like Unless you do it on the front of your house and then you have to pay extra taxes. No, you have to pay extra tax all the time. That's but true. the the tax that you have to pay when you put a deck attached to your house is not so significant that you should avoid getting a permit because you don't want to pay $17 a year more. Right. It's like, yeah. well, the number is so low. Your taxes are going to go up like marginally. Mm-hmm. You're going to spend like, you're going to spend $10,000 on this deck. But while we're standing here talking about it, you're like, yeah, but I'm not paying that 17 a year. It's like, come like, Just pull the permit. What do you, that's not the, that's not the reason. Reasons for pulling a permit. There when you, you go. go to sell your house again, yep. you may have a home inspection done. And one of the things that some home inspectors will look for, because not all home inspectors look for this, but they might pull permits for your house right. and see if that deck had a permit. And if it didn't, then right on the 11th hour, as you're about to close, you get hit with a got to get a permit for this deck. For a 10-year-old deck. And what happens if you pull a permit for this deck and it is on an easement and now mm. you have to knock the deck down and the homeowner that's about to buy your house is like, Ugh, this is a headache. Take 50000 off because we have to take the deck off and we have to get the deck put back on and we got to get permits and because now we've raised flags and blah, blah, blah. And so you could have avoided all of that by getting a permit at the start. Save 17 bucks, all right? Right. 17 bucks, 17 bucks. A year though. Like that's <laughs> compounding. Right. And by the time the city like builds a new stadium, that 17 is now 23. And so now you save $50. Sure. $40. <laughs> like, yeah. Anyways, I just, yeah. That's one of the bit, like that's like, that's the biggest reason too. You, you should get permits. Yeah. You if should. you're on a farm. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to be living there and you're going to own that farm for the next hundred years. It's going to be in your family. Whatever you do, you. The other caveat to this, I guess, is that we're assuming this deck is three feet high. That's oh, yeah. I'm assuming the deck is three feet high. Right, it's just a standard. Right. But if the deck is six feet or more, like if this is a second story deck, get a permit. Absolutely get a permit. Yep. Because people will die from that height. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if the deck falls, it may fall on someone or somebody may, like you may be seriously injured. And then if you end up in court for any, like anything, if you're trying to sue any person when you're in court, and yep. they're like, you don't have a permit. It's just like, you lost. You might as well leave. Immediately. You have no, they're just like, well, how did you build this? Well, I watched YouTube. And the guy <laughs> said, and he's a really good YouTube guy. He's got millions of followers. And he says, I should have built it like this. I was like, mm-hmm. but that's not, there's no stamp on that. Right. Okay. And off you go. Off you go. So check with your <laughs> local building department. Give them the parameters of what you're about to do and be like, do I need a permit? And if they say yes. Well, you should probably get a permit. I feel like I need one of those disclaimers for this show now. Yeah, you do. The Ultimate Deck Shop does not give legal advice. This is true. We don't. <laughs> yeah. So we can give you some pointers. We give pointers. 
I'll give you my opinion. Do you got any other Instagram questions before no. we move on? No, we really... Bo- oh, look it. Bing. That was uh, his. He wrote it. I wrote it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I sent it in. Brace123 says, uh, FPP Canuck says, I always say get the permit for anything steel to protect you and future owners of your deck. Just better safe than sorry. I think he's pushing for the steel agenda there. Yeah, I don't know what this guy does for a living. But. Wood applies <laughs> to that too, Jason. Wood applies to that as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, if it's steel, you got to protect the other yeah, exactly. people. But if it's wood, yeah, well, they're already done. They won't make it to the next homeowner, so whatever. whatever. Yeah, you got to take it down three times. Whatever. So. whatever. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Question six. What is joist tape? Ooh, what is, is it? There, eh? Are these in order of most co- frequently asked to... The least frequently asked. Is it in order? Yeah. Um. So joist tape is just a... A flexible flashing membrane for the tops of your your joists or your beams or wherever. It's just a self-adhesive tape that's designed to keep water off of areas that are susceptible to rot. So um, tops of your joists is great to do because water can get trapped between the deck board that's sitting on it. It sandwiches between, then there's no sunlight or much airflow there, so it doesn't dry out right away. Water seeps into the fastener holes where the screws went, gets into the untreated core of the board and can rot faster. Multiple plies together, like beams and double rim joists and whatnot. Water gets between them, doesn't dry out, rots there. Um, posts that are blocked in. All these areas where water can kind of creep into. Joist tape helps you to seal up those areas so water can't get there in the first place. So it protects your deck for much longer. It's cheap. You're talking like 50 to 75 cents a square foot probably worth of tape to do your whole deck. $17 a year. Right. Yeah. You <laughs> see money there. I'm not paying that. I will um, not pay that. So it's super cheap insurance to ensure that a wood frame is going to last as long as the super long lasting composite that you're putting on top. I think it's a no brainer. It's a very low portion of the cost of the project. Why yeah. not do it? There's multiple brands out there. Like it's and not hard to find anymore. And G tape's the best. Um, G tape is but the best that we found. That's for darn sure. It's just the nicest by to work a lot. With. Like yeah. by a lot. So um, one of the other things that, people don't consider like with like immediately when they start to think about this added moisture into the frame is that previously, like before composites were being used so widely is that the deck board used to share some of the responsibility of the moisture that would fall onto a deck. Mm. And so some of it could evaporate off of the board and then the frame would be responsible for holding some. But now when your boards are plastic or PVC, they don't take responsibility for nothing. That's right. Those guys, they're much like a building inspector. <laughs> Deadbeat boards. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they just right. like, they don't, they don't do that. It all goes to your frame. Wow. So. So it's more important for joist tape on a composite deck than. Certainly more important for. Yes. On a wood yep. deck. Yep. Right. That's right. And not only that, because the, the composite is going to last longer. Mm-hmm. If you build an entire, like a whole wood deck, the deck boards themselves are going to be in rough shape at the same time as a frame is in rough shape. Probably. They're all going to kind of rot the same pace, but the composite decks, the composite's going to last, like I said, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, and the wood underneath will not get even close to that. Unless you put so. it in a landfill, and then it breaks down super fast in the landfill. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's cheap insurance to make sure your deck framing lasts longer. That's what joist tape is. Okay, next question. can be found at www.tuds.ca. Will my composite decking scratch? Yes. No. <laughs> Which one is it? Which composite is it? 
Doesn't matter. It's one of those <laughs> questions. <laughs> I was going to say, this is the least asterisky yeah. one of the entire bunch so far. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, if you can cut it, you can scratch it. Right. But there are some that are significantly better than others. When I move my barbecue or patio furniture, will yep. my decking scratch? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. A little bit. So it's, it's much like I the slippery it? Leave your question. stuff where it is. There's man. a scale Call here. Call your friend to help you. Some are a 1 out of 10 for scratch resistance and some are a 10 out of 10. Now, 10 out of 10 doesn't mean they won't scratch. It's just like relative to others, they're the best kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right? When you look at Trex Transcend or Vecca Decking or Clubhouse, those are very durable boards. They I would even argue to scratch them. the Fibron Good Life one is, is super strong as well. Promenade. Fairly good. Yeah. Um, Promenade. But if you get into like Trex Enhance or... Uh, armadillo or you know some of these brands that are like, like fiber priced the fibron concordia line yep. they don't have great scratch resistance yep so timber tech's got a bunch in the like some of that timber tech line that legacy line would scratch super easy yeah so it just depends it's it's like any, it's i always we always use the analogy of like you you buy a brand new car and you're all worried about getting a door ding it's like Will it, will it, yeah, eventually you're going to get the door ding. You're going to get the swirl marks and like, eventually that's going to happen. It's just like, how long does it take? Uh, That's the same with decking. You get a more durable board. It'll take longer to scratch. Ford, Ford tailgates usually collapse within the first (laughs) 30 days of getting them. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I bet you the deck deck boards that hit them didn't have a scratch on them though. (laughs) Nope. So yeah, if you if that's important to you, where when it should be important to you is like if you have large dogs that are very rambunctious that spend a lot of time in the deck, then don't get something like a Timbertech terrain that does scratch a little bit more easy. Go with a more durable decking if that's going to bother you. Yeah. So again, do your research because some are good and some are not great, and it's not that the ones that scratch easier are necessarily bad boards. It's just mm-hmm. you're buying a budget board that's not part of the feature set is yeah. for it to be super durable. So. Deck dogs are the worst. Deck dogs. I built a deck one time, and this came up in my. Uh, my memories recently, or maybe I was looking at our Google business, something or other. And so I built this deck. It was Fibron uh, Rosewood out of the Ooh. horizon line. Years That was the years one ago. you did those fancy set of stairs on. Inlaid yeah, I had stairs. the little like yeah. stadium bench seating, octagonal stairs, whatever. But uh, I remember the homeowner sent me a picture later and they had put all their patio furniture out and every leg yeah, of every chair uh, and table had tennis balls in the bottom. They had cut a slit in tennis balls oh, and put them on the wow. bottom. I'm, like there was probably 30 tennis balls in this deck because it was like every leg's got four <laughs> four of them. The table's got it. The lounger's got it. It was just yellow tennis balls everywhere. So he was not wanting to he didn't want his deck scratch that deck up. Not yet. So uh, That leads into the next question. How do I build stairs? <laughs> yeah. I know it's just, it wasn't a great question. This seems like a good, uh, I a should lot. read this here. Okay. Uh, First of all, Windsor Plywood Sherwood Park says, looking good, Wade. Thanks, Gil, buddy. Gil Oilers. Yep. Man, <laughs> he was probably at the game last night. <laughs> yeah, he might still be there, actually. <laughs> Woke up, effed up. Uh, Haney Construction says, sorry I missed the beginning of the podcast. Is the theme the top 10 rhetorical questions asked by DIY people slash anyone who thinks they're better than a professional deck builder? Yes. Yes. You could name it that if you would like, yep, Grace. That's pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how did you build stairs? Yeah, that was the question. So to Haney's point, maybe you should just hire somebody. (laughs) If you're not sure. They're super, they can be super easy and they can be super complicated, but Mm -hmm. this answer for DIY customers. Yeah. Like if you're a DIY customer, there are 
pre-built steel stringers. There are pre-built wood stringers. And sometimes you can find exceptionally uh, customer-focused businesses that will cut stringers for you. Like us. (laughs) (laughs) Way to work that in there, Wade. (laughs) But like, I don't know, cutting a set of stringers. It took me... It took me a full like year of carpentry before I was comfortable cutting a set of stringers. It like, and every time you do it, you're like, oh man, I hope I don't blow this. But then you get it and eventually it's just like, well, like I get it. Now Mm -hmm. I'm not nervous to cut them. But I had a guy in the store the other day in Saskatoon and he wanted to do, how did he want to do this? He wanted, you know how when you build like a, a wraparound set of stairs mm-hmm. and the middle stringer that comes off, you mm-hmm. have to cut the riser on an angle mm-hmm. and then you have to cut that tread longer. Yeah. Do you remember what that number was? Is it 1.75? Uh, 1. No. 1.37 or I'm not off the top of my head. So the Pythagorean theorem there. Anyways, I was just like, oh, you're going to have to cut on that. On a 45, I remember it was 1.08, but right. I don't okay. remember the 90 degree corner. So anyways, I was like, you're going to have to cut that stringer a little bit longer because when you cut the boards, they're going to be longer. And he was just like, he, so it, confused. he was looking so far past me when I was talking <laughs> to him. And then he just, he stopped and was like, well, I don't think I can do that. And I was like, I, I don't think you should either. Yeah. But here's a solution. <laughs> and so I was like, you cut these stringers and then you cut these stringers and then in here, you build boxes out of two by eights and then screw them to the stringers and like creativity required. Yep. He was just like, yeah, I think that's probably what I'm going to do. But to put together a set of wraparound stairs is a, a ton of work. Yep. And when we do labor estimates for people on our managed install service, it's like, well, the set of stairs is going to cost as much as my whole deck. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it will take that long. Yeah, one of the biggest mistakes people make is they're like, I want to do a stair all across the front because I don't want any railing there. Because it <laughs> because it because they think it's gonna be less money, not because they necessarily don't want the railing, but they're yeah. like, the railing's expensive. Uh ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> you you got three steps in the front of that thing. Twenty foot wide set of steps is gonna be three times the cost of just doing the railing there. Yep. Just do the railing there if, the, <laughs> if that's the reason you were trying to do it. It's mm-hmm. not cheaper. The stairs are like people don't think about it, like not only square footage wise are they like significant, significant, especially on a wide set of steps, but they're, they're more complex. So if you're hiring somebody to build them, they're going to charge more for stairs than they would for building the deck surface. It's more complicated. Mm-hmm. takes more time. It's more detail work. Yep. Um, but yeah, like, so if you're just needing to figure out your rise and run, like there's math that you can use to figure that out, or you can go to decks.com and use the calculator to figure out the rise and run. Yep. But if you don't know what to do with the rise and run after you figure it out, then <laughs> you should probably just hire somebody Get to someone do else it. to build it. Yeah. Like yeah. if you don't know where, like if you don't know what a stair gauge is and you don't know what a framing square is and you don't know how to put the stair gauge on the framing square and put it on the lumber and draw out your, like your bird's mouth, then. And this move on. This is the entire reason <laughs> why this pre-cut stair stringers, ex- that market exists. Yep. Is for these people that yep. can't, they don't know how to figure it out. So they're not ideal because your rise and run is fixed on a on a steel stair stringer or a pre-cut wood stringer. You're almost every time it's seven and a half inches rise, which is fine. If your deck requires a seven and a half inch rise, then knock your socks off. Like go use those stringers. They'll, they'll work out great. 
Uh, Shane had I actually knocked my socks knocked off today socks. in anticipation <laughs> of that. But that happens like 4% of the time. Do you actually need seven and a half? Right. <laughs> you need six and three eighths or seven and 15, 16 or like you need something other than that. So if you are off by that, then that whole stair screen is going to be one of three things out of level this way, out of level this way, or the rise between the first step and the rest of the steps is going to be off or the rise at the top from the rest of the steps way off because you've had yeah. to account for the difference in height. Like, so they're just a disaster most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> so cutting custom stringers is the answer, but yes, it's complicated. So you might have to hire that out. <laughs> and now Haney has told us how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did he, are you going to read it or are you nope. just going to leave it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. You don't have, to. I was pre-reading. I want to read it cause it's funny. So here's how you do it. Haney's instructions. This okay. should make it simple for anybody. The legs of a 30, 60, 90 triangle are X and X radical three with a hypotenuse of two times. The legs of a 45, 45, 90 triangle are X and X with a hypotenuse of 1.4142, seventh grade geometry. So just do that and you'll have just your do that. Uh, wraparound stairs. There you go. <laughs> okay, next question. What is the best brand of decking? <laughs> nope <laughs> I will I'll be honest well it depends on a lot of things but if you're asking me no holds barred no budget concerns no nothing what the best I think product out there right now is I believe that's Decorator's Voyage oh there you go let's understand that's a line of decking not just a brand right there's no good there's no best brand in my opinion it depends on some things but the best board in the market right now is Decorator's Voyage that could change soon. There's some things in the horizon from some other brands. It's so, like, yeah, Shane's right. It's it's totally impossible to answer that question. Mm -hmm. Because, like, that's like saying, what's the best vehicle? Yeah. Right. Brand. Surprisingly What's the enough, best vehicle brand? <laughs> often searched, though. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but, like, the best vehicle for you, Bryce, is not the best vehicle for me. That's true. Because you drive from home to here and then you do like a little bit of commuting back and forth between Saskatoon and you're really shrinking my world man I'm just saying like <laughs> but when I like if you got out more you could have a cooler car is what right? you're saying that's what I'm hearing <laughs> but like you don't need to move 10,000 pounds worth of product at a time yep and so the vehicle I need is atrocious on fuel compared to yours obnoxious even right but good word like <laughs> your vehicle doesn't work for me not even in nope. a, like, not even a little bit. <laughs> not even a little bit. So even my leisure events require a different vehicle than yours, right? Yep. And yep. So but that's when, when it comes to what's the best brand. It's like, well, for Wade, maybe it's Ford because he, he needs a heavy duty truck. But I don't. That'll break down all the time. But I don't think that they're. But his half but tons are that great. He could also. Yeah. You ask somebody else a question, exactly. they're probably going to say, oh, it's GM. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different guy. And he's going to be like, oh, it's, I don't know if anybody exists out there. I would say Toyota. But potentially, <laughs> potentially that could be an answer. Okay, what's the worst brand of day? <laughs> but for Bryce, maybe the number one brand, because what he needs is a smaller car that's fuel efficient. Maybe his is Honda. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, well, does Honda make the best truck? No, absolutely not. Does Honda even, they don't even really hardly make a truck. Like, yeah. <laughs> so that's the same as decking. There's no one brand that's the best across the board in every category, every price point in all of their lines. Yeah. They and I'm also... Like I just, Windsor Sherwood Park says 100% Decorator's Voyage. So I'm saying that from a... That's crazy. <laughs> cumulative 
look at this thing, I think it's the best product. Is it the best at everything? No, it's not. It's not the most durable to scratching. I would nope. still choose Trex Transcend over that product. So Correct. if that's what's important to you, do that. Mm-hmm. If traction's important to you, well, this is unmatched. Then go there. Like, well, some of the expansion and traction, some of the PVCs solid. are matched, right? Like Clubhouse decking would have a similar traction to Decorator's Voyage. Yeah, it's really good too. Yeah. But the expansion and contraction, like that's where it falls apart for me on that one. Yeah. I believe you you score this thing on whatever, say five metrics of like traction and scratch durability and thermal stability and warranty and all these things. Uh, what I'm saying is that Decorator's Voyage probably, when you add those scores all up, ends up. Best better. product out there. Absolutely. Best overall. Best, best overall. overall. Not best necessarily in, best, best at show. any one thing. Best of show. And so, yep, I would agree with that. And I think if you're on a on a budget board, if you're like, if money is a factor, then I believe that Fiberon probably has that at entry level. Yep. Yeah, the Fiberon Good Life line is really good. Decorators Trailhead, we don't have much experience with. Hear a lot of good things about it too at the budget board end, but... Uh, I don't have enough experience with it to tell you that, but it seems like it's good as well. So there's good options at every budget. Okay, number 10. What is the best railing for your deck? Aluminum. (laughs) Pre-finished aluminum rail. Why? Because it's pre-finished and you don't have to maintain it. (laughs) Pre-finished. Yeah. That's just, yeah. It's a... It's another it's wide a open very open ended question for sure because there's so many different brands, styles, like materials to choose from. But there's no doubt that in Canada, that aluminum is king. It's when people do composite decks, it's 97% aluminum railing going on it. And the reasons for that is I think part like durability and the no maintenance part of it, easy to install. Easy to install, I think, is for me. Its thermal stability is great. It doesn't yeah. crack or shrink or squeak or any of that stuff. Like it's some of them. All around, it's just a really good material to build railing out of. Yeah, it goes together well. Doesn't rust. Stays together well. Yeah. Right? And and is very like is very kitted out and friendly off the shelf for anybody to do. Like, mm-hmm. homeowner can grab There's, all the railing, go and snap it all together and throw a few leg bolts in it and really, you've got yourself a... It's hard to mess that up. Yep. It doesn't require a lot of craftsmanship to put together an aluminum railing system that comes as a kit, essentially. And, and that some of that, like some of that composite rail that you see, like it's getting better as far as the kitting it to yeah. kitting it out to go to the DIY market. Yeah. But holy smokes, like it used to be almost impossible to order, let alone put together. <laughs> like you had to, you had to know your stuff inside and out to be able to even quote a job for someone yeah so it was really tricky now that said it's got a specific look to it if you're looking for something a little bit more bulky or some different profiles that aluminum doesn't generally offer then like i think composite railing looks looks nicer but does it in most applications that, it looks nicer does it look that much nicer not for me it doesn't i i think in some cases it does yeah yeah but then you get into the different infills too. It's like pickets versus glass versus cable rail. Mm-hmm. Like there's all sorts of different things here. So what's the best depends on what you're really looking for. But I think the most universally like option is just aluminum rail. Just go Pre-finished things. aluminum, yeah. I think yeah. is probably the best. Yeah. Lightweight, like ste- there are steel rail kits, but you have to like, you have to paint them and you got to be cautious of the steel shavings when you're putting it on in your deck and, you know, cause that'll get on there and rust all the, the decking. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Yep. Personal uh, preference, but I have a couple more, but we don't need to. They're not. Let her rip. Oh, grip it and rip it. Okay. I'm here all night. I'm not. 
What should my deck cost? Uh, well, Scott Kelly says five grand is a good budget to start with. I think he said USD, one top right? right? Oh, yeah, it could be USD. Given that he lives there. Uh, and, he yeah. only, and he only builds steel frame decks. Right. <laughs> so your deck should cost, like, there's no answer to this. There is literally no answer to this. A deck can be... 11% of your house. <laughs> it literally could be I made that up. $15 a square foot for materials and you're going to build it yourself because you're going budget and cheap and don't need rail and whatever else. And it could be $200 a square foot because you're using a high-end composite and high-end rail and you're doing a screen room and it can range so much that it's ridiculous. How so, much does an engagement ring cost? It's supposed to be two months salary. Is wow. That, is I that what they're so. I think it was three months salary, but oh, that's what it used to be. Right. So then your deck should be six at least. <laughs> Six months salary. Because you'll probably have that longer. Oh. This is the same thing. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh. This is the same question, same thing as asking how much a house should cost. Right. Different house people are cost set up for different things. In in what? Ben. Moose Jaw, mm-hmm. <laughs> a 700 square foot bungalow might cost 150 grand. Yep. In Toronto, that same exact house costs $1.4 million. And then a 7,000 square foot house costs a lot different. Like it just totally yeah. depends. We always say like first, if you're just doing an average deck, we always kind of say like start with a number of like 50 bucks a square foot in your head to get your mind around the ballpark because it is possible to get all the materials for your deck within $50. It could be more, it could be a little bit less, but that's where you can kind of start. Yep. And if you want the extras, fancier things, privacy walls and all this other skirting it in. That's all going to be above and beyond that. But if you're just like, I don't know where to start. It's like, okay, well your, your hundred, hundred square foot deck is five grand worth of materials. Right. Yeah. How much is a labor? Double that. Like that'll get you in the right mindset anyway, to start to digest that a little bit. And then you can tweak from there. It's like, that is a, that's a workable budget to start with. Now that might be more now. Like I used to use 50 bucks. (laughs) <laughs> last few years things have gotten more expensive maybe it should be 60 or 70 you start with now but like you can get something done within that price range yeah I, yep <laughs> yep should i put lights on my deck yes yep okay no asterisks uh the best upgrade you the best accessory you can add to your deck is lights is lights it's fractionally small cost of the deck but improves the aesthetic and the usability and the safety of it by a lot. Mm-hmm. It's the most impactful thing. Like impact to dollars ratio on that is significant. If you if you decide that you want to put the most expensive Trex deck board on your deck or the least expensive Trex deck board, nobody knows or cares. <laughs> right. They show up and they're like, Trex deck. And you're like, actually... It's a Fibron deck and it was like an entry level. Nobody, like they don't even know the difference. Most consumers don't know the difference between the brands. Yeah. So they'll call it a Trex deck, but maybe it isn't. But anyways, if you do the most expensive composite board, Mm -hmm. you don't get any recognition for that. Nobody knows or cares that you spent that much on the board. Yep. They just know that, oh, you got one of those maintenance free decks. That's nice. You get to wash it off. But if you spend $1,000 on lights, if you made your deck boards $4,000 less expensive and you made a $1,000 investment into lights, everybody would walk over and be like, oh man, those lights are so cool. Yeah, you should for sure. We should put lights on our deck. And 
that's it. That that'll be the conversation. What kind of decking is that? So it's composite. Yeah, those lights are amazing. A deck is just a. It's just an empty room until you accessorize it's it. An, it's a room with no walls. It has no <laughs> really it is. right until you put the furniture yeah. and the accessories and the lighting and stuff onto it. Like that's what creates the vibe out there. Mm-hmm. A deck that's just empty with a barbecue on it is not is not super fun or usable. So add the vibe, add the ambiance. That's what you that's what you put it there for. That's yep. why you have lamps in your house. Like you don't see you don't things. hang out in completely dark rooms. <laughs> right. Like, that's why lights have dimmers and that's Speak why you have yourself. different types of lights <laughs> yeah, in a room. Like depends how I'm feeling. Yeah. Like, sometimes I don't <laughs> sleep with the lights on, Shane. FPP Connect says agree one hundred percent on the lights, completely finishes off your projects. Yep. So there you go. Yes, do lights. Any final words? Have a good weekend. That's it, hey? That's it. That's all I got. Okay, Sorry, fine, guys. Oh, that was good. How many do we have? Twelve? Twelve. Good deal. Nope, there's no more, not much, not much more from me. That was, those are good questions. Good episode. Uh, welcome to the team. Hey? Yeah. You didn't even welcome. intro your. Well, I didn't. Right Sorry, Kyler. Kyler's sitting over here in the corner it's, it's quietly. His, it's his first, it's his first podcast. Right? And he made it look this good. You could have at least given him some lights over in that corner of the room. <laughs> I could have given him a microphone too, but Sit over here didn't want him to talk back on his first day. Right. So that's, that'll be my sign off. Welcome, Kyler, to the marketing team at the Ultimate Deck Shop. Welcome, Kyler. You'll be seeing some more of his product work. coming out. Yeah, his work. Yeah, his work, yeah. So. Anyways, until next week, take it easy, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Goodbye. Hey, thank you for listening to the Ultimate Deck Podcast. Now you know what we're about. Check the site. Come and shop. UltimateDeckShop.com. Hit us right away for sponsorships. So tell us if you want to collaborate. Let's go. Check us out on any social networks. Thank you for listening.